We're going to take a break from 1 Samuel today. We'll be back in 1 Samuel next week. So go ahead and you're turning your Bibles, your mobile devices to Ephesians chapter 4. Today is Mobilization Sunday, and you'll find out more about what that means as I go through the message and as Juan Vasquez comes up at the end of the service. In Ephesians 4, we learn about yet still another fruit of grace in our lives. Grace in Jesus Christ does so much in us, but it also does something to us. Grace leads to grace-driven service. I've said many times, grace is for you and for me, but grace is not all about you or about me. Grace is for others as well. And God, by his grace, wants to do such a work in our lives that the grace that flows in us flows through us. The grace that we experience begins to be expressed to those around us. Grace is not merely some kind of hot tub into which we sit and soak, though there's a place for that. Grace ultimately is a catapult that shoots us off the aircraft carrier of God's church and enables us to fly missions of love where we engage every neighbor with the surprising power of grace. Now, to give you a a picture of what mobilization looks like on the HMS Oak Mountain, His Majesty's ship, I'm going to show a clip that will get people fired up. It is from the latest Top Gun movie, Maverick. It is the title sequence where the main characters' names appear on the screen and where that that great music from the first Top Gun movie by Kenny Loggins, Danger Zone, starts playing. But here's what I want you to notice. I want you to notice how many sailors it takes to make a mission successful. I want you to notice, you'll even see different colors of uniforms. That's significant. Each person on the deck plays a certain role, is given a specific responsibility, and has a particular gift or skill. And as you're watching, as you think about His Majesty's ship, Oak Mountain, I want you to think about what is your role? What is your skill? What is your calling? So that grace that flows in you will flow through you. All right, if you're not fired up now, you know there's almost 5,000 sailors on an aircraft carrier, and every single one of them plays a role is critical to the success of the mission. We often use the picture of the aircraft carrier to talk about the local church. We fly in from a week in the world, bloodied, beat up and bruised and broken, and we land on this carrier. And while we're here, 
we're refreshed, we're refueled, we're retooled, and then we're catapulted off with new energy in the Spirit by the grace of God to fly fresh missions of love. In Ephesians 4, we learn, in fact, that all of us have a role in the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. What's your role? What's your part? And have you embraced it? And are you using the gift that God has given you? Let's all stand out of reverence for the word of God. Follow along as I read Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 16. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. May God bless the hearing and teaching of his inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative word. Folks, this is God's word. He gave it to us because he loves us so deeply. And he actually wants us, every one of us, to play a part in the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I pray you'd fill this room with anticipation, with excitement, with hope that you have a part for us to play in your grand love story to bring the gospel to the world. And so, Lord, by your Spirit, speak now through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Uh, it may be that you've had friends or family or coworkers from time to time ask, who's the minister of your church? Well, if you were paying attention as I read the text, you now know, in fact, that Bob Flayhard is not the minister of this church. Bob Flayhard is simply one of the pastors and teachers whose role it is to equip 
the saints to do the work of ministry. So who's the minister of Oak Mountain? You are. Every single one of you is the minister at Oak Mountain. God has given us gifts. So this morning, we're going to look at 3D mobilization because we're looking at three Ds. Discover your gift, develop your gift, and deploy your gift. And don't think we're putting anything on you. We have come up with a plan to help you discover your gift, to help you to develop your gift, and to help you deploy your gift. We're not putting anything on you this morning. We are calling out of you what God, by His grace, has already put into you. So let's look at the first step. Discover your gifts. Look at verse 7. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. You don't do anything to earn this gift. You don't have to recite any incantations. You don't have to have some kind of experience. Jesus, when he saved you, supernaturally empowered you with a gift for a role and responsibility in helping the church usher in the kingdom. Look at the text. Is there any way, according to this text, that you've been forgotten? Is there any way, according to this text, that you've been skipped over? The text literally says every single one of us without exception, by the grace of God, not you deserving it or working for it. You have been given a gift. He explains this more in verse 8. Uh, Paul uses the picture of a victorious Roman general. It says, when he, Christ, ascended, he gave gifts. By the way, that, that word is grace gifts to men and women and children. The, the picture of this is this first century general who's defeated the enemy. And it says he led forth captives. The captives are the defeated enemy. They, the, the general would meet at the outside of town with all of the captives, with all the prisoners of war, and he would lead them through the town showing his victory, showing that he had successfully protected the empire, showing the vanquished enemy. And then he would also divide the spoils of war, all the treasures, he would divide it with his soldiers, with his friends, with his family. That's exactly what Christ has done. Christ descended, the one who was in heaven, descended in the incarnation. He lived, he served, he died, he rose. And then the text says, he ascended. And then when he ascended, he sent gifts in the victory parade with the vanquished enemies of Satan, sin, and death, them defeated, then Jesus distributed gifts, the spoils of war, the treasures of victory. And he presented every single one of us with a gift of grace to be discovered and developed and deployed to bring beauty, goodness, and truth to this broken world. Yet so many believers are on the sidelines when it comes to service and mission because you feel inadequate. 
How could you possibly feel inadequate when the scriptures tell us you've been supernaturally gifted by grace to play a part in God's story? See, the New Testament speaks of grace as pardon, right? Forgiveness, no more condemnation, no guilt or shame. And then the New Testament speaks of grace as position. We're righteous in Christ. We're justified. We're delighted in by God. We're adopted. We're beloved sons and daughters. And then the New Testament talks about grace as power. We, we, we waltz. We, we, we do the three-step dance with Jesus. We repent, we believe, and we fight. And that leads to transformation. The power of Christ supernaturally changes our hearts so that our desires and our choices change. But the New Testament finally also talks about grace as provision. God's grace has gifted his people, every single one of us without exception, to play a part, to be on the deck of the aircraft carrier so that missions of love can constantly be carried out. You've been given a provision of grace, a gift. Do you know what it is? Do you know how you can even discover it? That is the role of the pastors and teachers, the leaders, the elders, the women shepherds, the deacons, the under-shepherds. Our role is to help you discover your gift. You can't develop or deploy a gift that you don't know you have. So we've come up with a plan to help you discover your gift. We'll be talking about that in just a few minutes. Many of you know I love the Chronicles of Narnia, the books by C.S. Lewis that are about a parallel world to ours. And children from our world go into Narnia through a magic wardrobe. And when they get into Narnia, they realize that the Christ figure is Aslan, a lion. And it's classic good versus evil, just like in our world. There's a white witch that has all of Narnia under her spell. It's always winter and never Christmas. And one day, the children from our world are in Narnia among the snow and the ice. And they hear bells. And they look in the distance and there's a sleigh pulled by reindeer. And driving the sleigh is a man who's rather large with a long white beard and white hair. And he has a sack of presents on his sleigh. He stops and he says to the children, Aslan is on the move. The white witch's power is disappearing. And then he gets off, and he has a unique gift for each of the children, particularly designed just for them. There's a boy named Peter, and for Peter, he gives a sword just the right size and just the right weight for only Peter. And there's a girl named Susan. He gives Susan a bow that will never miss and a horn that she can blow that will bring help and rally the troops whenever necessary. And then to little Lucy, he gives a bottle of cordial, 
one drop of which will bring healing to anybody who is wounded. And Father Christmas says, children, these are tools, not toys. Bear them well. And then he says, Merry Christmas and long live the true king. Listen, any gift you received at Christmas pales by comparison with the gift that Jesus by his grace has given you in his victory. We can help you discover that gift. But it's not only important to discover your gift, it's also important to develop it. And that leads to the second point. Develop your gifts. In verse 12, we learn that leaders, elders, pastors, teachers, other leaders of the church were given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That word equip is used for the word to to set a broken bone. A leg, an arm has been broken. It has to be set just right so that it heals, so that it grows, so that it functions. We're all broken by sin. I said, on the aircraft carrier, we fly in broken, bloodied, bruised, embattled. And on the aircraft carrier, the church, we get refueled, retooled, renewed, refueled. And of course, catapulted off. But we come to church to experience the healing, the equipping, the setting of our bones that are broken by the great physician. And so it is as we are at the church that we are helped to not only discover, but develop the use of our spiritual gifts. We're equipped to do the work of ministry. You see, we're not here to be entertained. We're not here to sit passively. We are here to be equipped to be catapulted off this place to fly missions of gospel love throughout the week. Then look at verse 13. Paul talks about attaining to mature manhood. The Christian life involves the process of maturation. But that maturation is not just character. It's also service. Matter of fact, in the next verse, he says that we may no longer be children. We're not to be children in our character. We're not to be children in the development of our gifts. Listen, when, when Father Christmas gave Peter and Susan and Lucy gifts. Peter had the sword, but it wasn't a magic sword. It wasn't like if Peter held it, the sword would just sort of have a life of its own and just sort of lead Peter. Peter had to learn to use the sword. He had to develop a skill to use the sword. When Susan shot the bow, she had to develop a skill. When she blew the horn, she had to learn the different notes When Lucy opened her cordial, she needed to know when it was the wisest time to use a drop to bring restoration and healing. And the same with us. Yes, we've been given gifts. Yes, they are tools, not toys. And because of that, we can't be immature with our gifts. We can't be children with our gifts. We're to grow into responsible adulthood. Verse 15, we're to grow up in every way, not just grow up in character, as important as that is. We're to grow up in service. 
We're to grow up in playing our part in God's larger story. Verse 16, when each part is working properly, in other words, it's possible to improperly use our gifts. We need to learn to use our gifts properly. They've got to be developed. Just like working out, muscles need to be exercised to develop. Gifts need to be exercised to develop. I didn't know I had any skill in basketball until I started playing. And then I didn't know whether I could be competent in it until I practiced. It's the same way with our gifts. They need to be developed to be used. Discover your gift, we're going to help you do that. Develop your gift, we're going to help you do that. And thirdly, we're going to help you do this. Deploy your gifts. Look at verse 12. Our job as the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. We are to mobilize you into this world to use your gifts to the glory of God and the betterment of the world. Listen, that music at the beginning of the clip, it ought to get you fired up. We are part of the most exciting mission known to humanity in all of history. We are part of a movement through which Christ will bring freedom, real freedom, to the souls of men, women, and children across the world. And every single one of us is critical to the achievement of the mission. We're to be equipped to do the work of ministry, to be deployed in the work of ministry. First Peter puts it this way. Peter and Paul are on the exact same page. First Peter 4.10, as each and every one of us has received a gift of God's varied grace, use it to serve one another. You may know your gift. Is it being deployed? Are you using your gift? Can you imagine having a quarterback or a running back on the sidelines when he could be helping defeat the enemy on the field? That's what happens when any one of us fail to deploy our gifts. You see, we're stewards of God's grace. We talk about being stewards of our finances, and we are. It's God's money. We talk about being stewards of our time, and we are. It's God's time. But we're also stewards. We are managers of gifts that God has given us. How are you this morning at being a steward of the gift of grace that God has given you. In Ephesians 2.10, we find out that we're God's workmanship. Another, another translation is we are God's masterpiece. You may not feel that way sometimes, but you are. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's Mona Lisa. Can you imagine having, a, having the Mona Lisa and putting a paper sack over it, hiding the beauty, the glory of it, when we're on the sidelines not deploying our gifts, it's like putting a paper sack over God's masterpiece. I'm into classical music. 
I like everything from Bach to rock. But I love violin concertos, and one of the greatest violinists of all time was a guy named Niccolo Paganini. And Paganini actually willed his exquisite violin to the city of Genoa, Italy, his hometown. But he willed it with a tragic condition. He willed it to the city with the condition that it would never be played again. Why that's so tragic is the wood and the oils of this exquisite violin are meant to be handled and the instrument's meant to be played. And as long as it's handled and played, the beautiful tone could last almost forever. But if it remains unused, the oils and the wood begin to deteriorate. And it's no longer valuable as an instrument. You see the parallel. We've been given gifts. But even our spiritual lives and God's church and beauty, goodness, and truth in the world will deteriorate if we fail to deploy our gifts. See, Christ didn't come to this earth to merely save you and me from hell. He did do that. Christ didn't merely come to earth to bring you and me by his finished work to heaven, though he came to do that. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, transfer your trust from your own efforts trying to merit heaven or merit God's love or earn eternal life and and rest in the finished work of Christ alone on the cross. Give your life to Christ. And when you give your life to Christ, along with the rest of us who have given our lives to Christ, you will be given a gift. Now, you don't know what it is, but we can help you discover it. You see, Christ didn't merely come, live, die, rise to save you from hell. He actually wants to employ you in the grandest mission of all to bring freedom to the souls of men, women, and children worldwide. We are in a war, just like the clip. Those are not exercises. We are in a war, and your role matters. Help us help you reveal the masterpiece that you are. Now the application, now the plan. I'm going to show a video in a moment that's going to explain briefly how we're going to help you discover your gift, develop your gift, and deploy your gift. And then Juan Vasquez, who is our pastor of mobilization, we're so serious about this that we've hired a person to do one thing. It's like, Juan, you have one job. (laughs) And that is to mobilize the membership to help you discover, develop, and deploy your gift. Watch.
Good morning, church. My name is Juan Vasquez, and I am the pastor here at Mobilization. And I'm really excited to get to talk to you a little bit about our new Mobilization initiative. Uh, so everything that you've heard Bob preach about this morning, and even the video, is rooted in our commitment as a church to engage every neighbor with a surprising power of grace. And it is in light of that commitment that we have been able to put together this mobilization assessment website to help you discover your gifts. Now this uh, assessment website doesn't only help you discover your gifts, but it will allow us to match you with uh, service opportunities that go hand in hand with the ways that the Lord has provided, uh, has, has gifted you. Now here's a tangible way that you can uh, apply today's sermon. Uh, you, you gotta love tangibles, right? Uh, so here's a tangible way. Everyone should have gotten a mobilization card as you were coming in. If you didn't get one, please grab one as you walk out. We have extra ones uh, by the doors. But a tangible way that you can apply today's sermon is to grab one of these cards, scan the QR code, create an account, and begin to take our assessments. We have about three, we have three assessments on our website. We have a uh, spiritual gift assessment. This is gonna tell you whether you are, uh, you, you're good at uh, hospitality. Uh, uh, then you have a, a skills assessment. Are you a teacher? And then you have a, a, style, a style assessment. This is gonna tell you whether you like to be structured, do you wanna be people-oriented, task-oriented. Uh, so each assessment takes about five to seven minutes. Once you've completed your assessments, uh, I will create a mobilization profile for you, and I'll uh, schedule a time to meet with you to discuss your results, and then also to discuss the, the, the uh, service opportunities that go hand in hand with the ways that the Lord has wired you. All of this is gonna give you concrete steps to take as we, begin, as we continue to be a church that shows grace over the pew, over the fence, over the mountain, and overseas. So please grab one of these cards as you, uh, on your way out, scan the QR code, create an account, and begin to take the assessments. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Juan. Is that not exciting? I mean, come on. Now, my aim is to make Juan really, really, really busy over the next several months. Uh, help us help you discover, develop, and deploy your gifts. The grace of God is for you, but it is not just about you. It's for the world. Let's all stand and hear our benediction, the promise of God's love and favor and power upon our lives as we are catapulted now off this great ship, Jesus' Oak Mountain. Receive it. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his countenance shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace, both now and always. Amen. Amen.